plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. So excited for today's episode of Selling with Love, where it's going to be a very special episode that I'm bringing someone that's very close to me. Matter of fact, probably one of the closest people to the message of Selling with Love, who's going to be able to share their journey about how they've discovered Selling with Love, brought it into their life, and how it's made changes in their life because they discovered what it's like to embrace sales at the fullest. And this person isn't a client of mine. He's not a relative. He's someone that discovered me online and became one of my first employees. And it comes with a bittersweet moment that he's with me here in Bali, yet he is going to be moving out to Europe and he's going to be attending a Mind Valley event, Mind Valley University. And we thought it'd be very interesting to actually document his journey, his learnings, and get a chance for you to look into what happens when you have sailing with love in your mindset brought forward and how it starts changing the way that you show up regularly. Now, I have to say, one of the reasons that this individual gets to be on the show today is actually because of the sales acumen that he did develop while working with me, where he came to me and gave me a pitch on why it would be one of the best ideas to have him on the show. And I'm not one to refuse a good sales pitch. And so here we are with my good friend, Carlos Fluito. And he is also not only a person that has worked with me, but over the time has actually developed his own brand, which is Playing Camp, where he brings back the joy and the humanity for people that are building teams, running organizations that need to bring back employee engagement and wants to create that playfulness to get everybody to connect further. And it's very, very interesting that one of his ideas is so based on humanity when a lot of the work that he's been doing for me and he does for his clients is optimizing their businesses based on AI technologies that are evolving. Matter of fact, he's completely revolutionized the way that I get to operate my business by implementing AI tools. He's my chief AI officer within the organization. And I'm so excited to have him on the show to share his journey, his learnings, and a few insights for you as well. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jason. Feeling super grateful for being here today. Oh, we're going to go down memory lane. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a lot of memories that we formed over the time. So let's rewind. Let's talk about a time frame here. So like, when would have been the first time that you discovered selling with love? You noticed me like, and what were you looking for that made you go, oh, maybe I should pay attention to this guy? So um, I remember you from the hosting the podcast in Mind Valley. It was the Superhumans at Works. And it was so clear, like the way you show up and the way you communicate and you host this podcast and this conversation, it was so genuine and so kind and also so close. You, you are very skillful in creating this environment of proximity and this deeper relationship. So yeah, somehow I developed this relationship with you of how close this person is to me. And I remember that I text you in Instagram. That is something that we went back together. Way months, months later, like what was the first message? And I remember that you actually answered. And that was amazing because I was like, okay, there is a person there that even though you are around this environment and you seem to be so high, you were responding random DMs of people. And that me, for me was like very impactful. And then I started to follow in, you know, on the Instagram and also on Facebook on different platforms. And at some point it came the, the book, the book release. So it was with the book release that you created this WhatsApp group. And this is like the first lesson, <laughs> like get the contact of the person, get the information 
as close as possible to them. And while I was reading the book, I was thinking like, wow, this is so, so powerful. It was so healing for me. And I started to journal. And I started to journal about my old past experience about sales. And one day I said, yeah, I was so overexcited. I believe I text you or I send you a voice note. I was like, Jason, thank you so much for writing this book. It's helping me so, so, so much that I'm journaling and I hear in one of your podcasts that you were looking to create more LinkedIn posts. That was the first offer for me. Like, hey, I know that you're looking for someone to create more posts in LinkedIn. Could you like me to share with you my journaling so then you can post them? And you answer, that's not what I need at the moment, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to get back to that part of the story. And it is something I very much understood right from our first conversations is that you actually had that level of persistency in communication that a lot of people, you know, they'll send one message and then they'll move on to the next thing. But you had kind of set your mind, you had went through my material, very honored. And thank you so much for the love you've given for the book. But you already had this level of persistency that, you know, you, it took a few times for you to reach out to me. But before I get to that, you did say something around, you know, you had different, you know, I think you even used the word trauma around sales, or at least you had a different mindset around what sales was. I'd be curious to know, like, before I, you even heard some of this methodology, like, what was your view of what sales was or wasn't? Hmm. So at that point, I was going through a period where sales was more like this manipulative conversation where I have a very clear end of mind. And I am listening to the person, but I'm not actually listening so much. I, I'm just asking the questions that I have on the script, and I'm waiting for them to finish the questions, the, to answer, so then I can ask the next question. And I can keep on directing the conversation towards the end goal, which is finding out the, their pains, twisting the knife, and then making an offer that is aligned with those pains that I have exaggerated. And that was... The sales approach that I learned, and I learned it from Sam Owens, which is like the OG in the market of the industry of online education. And it's a really powerful frame. And I also read this book of spin selling. I was reading different books, researching by myself, and that's actually how I refound you. Like I found your podcast again, and I got much more interested on it because the message was for much more aligned. And thanks to your podcast and your book, then I could remember all the stories of my previous past doing sales that was, they were much more healthy, much more aligned, much more joyful, much more fun, and much more effective, actually, in terms of conversion. I think it's the reality of it. You know, when you look at all the terminology used in the sales world, it typically has those negative associations, right? Like twisting the knife. You're like, well, wait. I'm trying to make a sale and help someone. What do you mean I have to twist the knife? You know, the one that I always, you know, reference is how they call, you know, a small offer for a small conversion will be called a tripwire, which is, you know, something to explode a landmine. And you're like, wait, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to help people. And so there's definitely a language barrier. But, uh, you know, what you mentioned, for example, from Sam Ovens is like, yeah, he's teaching you some methodologies, which you know, when you mentioned twisting the knife as far as amplifying the pains, or at least being able to make people more aware of their pain points and how it's actually causing issues in their life and how you can actually solve that is an effective way of, you know, identifying the problem and why you care about solving it. But the words that they use to simplify it and to maximize the effect 
happen to be more negative. And so I find it unfortunate that someone like you on a journey to discover sales cannot grasp that key message, which is the whole reason, you know, I'm doing this whole selling with love thing. So I want to go back to your first sale to me. And I want you all to pay attention to this because again, I mentioned the persistency. And this is where a lot of people probably miss out on so many opportunities just because of the lack of persistency. And it goes such a long way because I get so many different messages from people and it falls off, like they don't stick. So I think at first you led with value, right? You were like, I've paid attention to you and I can help you with the LinkedIn, but refresh my memory. Like, did I respond to you? What happened? So actually you did respond and that's, that's the trick. So first I understood, first thing is about the channels, right? Like Instagram is a, let's say, open, overpopulated channel where everyone is sending DMs to everyone. So the chances of you as a sender of the message being recognized on a channel like Instagram is pretty low. However, once I was able to get into this WhatsApp group for the book launch, then the communication is different because now I have a closer contact, right? Also, the voice note, I send it to you in an overexcited state and I, I noticed on your on your bio, on your status on on WhatsApp, it's written like no voice note. And I was thinking like, shit, <laughs> like mistake. However, you, you respond and you say like, thank you very much. Like it means a lot. So I believe that you were in a moment of finding out that your book was really valuable and confirming maybe some beliefs or things that you had around how good is this book or not. But it's so truly healing. So I came out first from authenticity and then from value from listening to where is this person at at the moment? And I, I have been listening to your podcast like almost every day and I've been lis- I was listening to all these different episodes. So I started to understand better where were you in, in this moment with the company. And this is very important because that's the skill of the good salesperson, which is listening with intention and understanding where what's the situation of that person, what is their needs. So I, I made you this offer about LinkedIn. And that's where you gave me the information, which was like, I don't need a person for LinkedIn, but I'm looking for someone to do the show notes of the episodes. Yeah, that's right. At that point, I even didn't know what that show note was or anything. (laughs) It's that piece of text on a podcast that nobody reads, but you put so much attention and it takes time, so it needs to be done. (laughs) Exactly. And and then, I, you know, always, always you always say yes. You know, if they offer you something, you say yes, and then you figure it out. It's the key of sales. <laughs> yeah. So you close the sale as soon as possible. And and then I believe that you mentioned something, like I asked you a question, like, okay, but how do you like it? And then you might have sending me a voice text or maybe a message, like this is the show notes, and this is what I'm struggling with or is consuming my time. And also... This, I'm remembering this, you mentioned, I'm thinking about creating the key points of the episode, the summary of the episode. So then I can send it in the newsletter with the key points. And this is what I tell you, like, yes, I'm going to do that. And I started to do it without your supervision. I started to write everything because for me it was like, wow, this guy wants to pay me or wants to give me a job that is basically listen to the podcast, which I was already doing. And taking notes, which is going to help me to interiorize the knowledge. And I was like, I'm down. Like, I'm so down. So I started to listen to the new episodes that you were releasing and writing down all these pieces of content. And I share with you the folder. (laughs) And this was the most interesting part. And 
You know, there's so much that's became can be extracted from what you shared so far. So for one was like this proactiveness and like making an offer to something that was close. And the fact that you highlighted that I had mentioned it and it was LinkedIn already made me say like, oh, wow, this person's not randomly. He's like, he's a fan who cares and paid attention. So then I was like, hey, okay, let me give him a shot. And I told you what my biggest problem is. So like the moment you showed initiative in caring for my problems, the more that I had a trust that I was like, okay, let me open up to you to say what are my real problems, which is great information. Jumping on the opportunity to just say like, he showed, he said he needs this. I'll say, yes, I'll do it. And then you proactively started doing it. And the best part of the story that I, I'm going to go and share is that I didn't know he was doing this. He had shared me a link on WhatsApp to a Google Drive where you were taking extensive, beautiful notes of the show. And this message was buried inside all of my WhatsApp messages. And I was like, oh, somebody's asking me to do to go to a link. My first thought is, oh, that's work. I don't want to go into a link Google Drive and figure out what's going on here. So I kind of just like, I think I said it as unread, but then it did stay as unread. And if you use WhatsApp, you know that you lose messages a lot. But he followed up. He sent it again, sent it again. And I kept ignoring the messages for a little while until suddenly I think we, he said, let's jump on a call. And I just said, okay, let me jump on a call. I didn't remember who this was. I was trying to, I thought it was going to be a sales call for him to become a client of mine. It Isn't that where we headed up? Because you did, you were doing the talent, the life talent. That's right. And it was free for the buyers of the book. So I actually, I bought this book on $1 because it was the, the launch promo. It was the Amazon promo. And I bought that book. And then I jump into the webinar. It was fantastic. And after the webinar, there is always the call where you are supposed to say to us, the participants of the webinar. Yeah. And I'm there in the call. That was, I still remember perfectly. It's 3 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. And I'm using your own Selling with Love Maps to craft the offer that I'm going to make you about copywriting and summary and podcast review and all that. And I'm there at 3 a.m. like... It didn't matter. That's passion and that's alignment. It doesn't matter when it is or how it is. I just wake up and I start doing the sale, the maps, because I know that I have booked the call with you at 5 a.m., my time, because you are in Bali. And when I jumped in the call, I was so nervous, man. I was, <laughs> I was so nervous. I was like, wow, I've got a few with Jason. And I have this and, and I have prepared it. I don't know if it's good enough or not. And then when I saw you, I remember perfectly, I started to show you the maps and you were like, wow, like, wow. But the moment- I was confused too. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. The moment you click in the Google Drive and you find out that I had done all these episodes, I remember perfectly. It was like, take my money. Yeah. You have to understand that I'm jumping on a call thinking I need to sell this person into my program. And he's like, click on this link. I click and there are it's the most amazing substantial notes of all the last episodes I've done for a month or a month and a half that I had never seen that he had sent to me. I didn't pick it up. And I'm just like, who is this guy? Okay. And yeah, right then and there, I offered you a job and we've been working together ever since. Yeah. Okay, Carlos, we need to ask one thing because some people listening to this might be thinking, well, what if it wouldn't have went this way? Like, what if I would have not even given you a job? I wouldn't even wanted to work with you and all of that. Would you have felt like it was a waste of your time? Not at all, man. Like always the touch point. For me, it's always the progress forward, everything that you learn on the process. And I mean, I could have continued listening to the podcast 100%. And I was doing my own thing. I was doing the Raining Rosas, the Consulting for Performing Artists. And because I was listening to the podcast, I was doing all these 
weekly webinars, weekly sessions, and I was bringing people more and more closer to me into the calls. So I could have followed my path. And yeah, I think it's, it's still an amazing experience to reach out. That's why always reach out, always be proactive. The no is there. And, and even now with the playing camp, I'm creating so much content and so high value that I might believe that people are going to come to me. Like people don't know that you even exist. And I need to remind me this to myself. The reach out is the key number one thing just to, to reach step number one, which is awareness of people knowing that, hey, I exist. Hey, I'm doing this cool thing. Hey, maybe if it's interesting for you, we can continue the conversation. So yeah, reach out is number one. Yeah. Well, it's the one that most people fear as well. Have you always been fearless in doing reach outs or what we would be considered prospecting? Because most people are very terrified of even doing one. And you not only did one, but you went over and above, brought results in advance, did all the things that you know are above and beyond what a prospect got. But look, it got you the results. Was it any hesitation? Was it effortless for you? Like, what's the mindset here? There is always the fear of rejection. And there is always, especially in these different power dynamics, when the other person is more successful or more relevant or more impactful, like, well, I'm going to bother them or who am I to do this or do they don't have time. I'm going to take a lot of the time. My origin story on this is I was about 16 or 15 years old and I was dancing breakdance and I was in my hometown and we went to the neighbor town. And there is this, yeah, another b-boy, another dancer that he was able to do like a very acrobatic move. And everyone was like, oh, this is the guy that does this move or this is the guy. And I'm there with my 15, 16 years old and I'm like, I'm going to go and say hi. And that's it. Just go there, say hi, hi. It's really amazing what you do. You do this. Wow, it's so amazing. And yeah, thank you for sharing it. And this is me. It's Carlos. Nice to meet you. And he was like, hey, nice. Nice to meet you. It's fine to get to know you. And yeah, keep on dancing and keep on keep on coming to the events. And I believe that that was the key. Like everyone was like, oh, don't talk with this guy. He's so good. He's doing that. And I was there and I had just this is me and I like what you do. And from then, eventually, that person also became like a really close friend. So we develop a relationship. And I have been keep on doing this with many people around me. And I believe optimism is key. Proactivity, a bit of impulsivity, naivety maybe. <laughs> and the memory bias of remembering the person that said yes. Mm. Because on, on my path of approaching people and admiring their work, I probably have received a lot of no's as well or a lot of interactions that doesn't go nowhere. But uh, life is built on the things that go somewhere, not on all these paths that are not meant to be taken or that they don't let anywhere. So. Well, I find that interesting because, you know, and kind of my own sales origin story, you could say, is like when I think of my key memory when it comes to sales was selling chocolate to my neighbors. Like I've shared that story a few times. Whereas like where most people's first sales story is like, oh, I got taken advantage of or somebody scammed me and sales is bad. So you, you associate because it's easier to pay attention to the negative stories. And for me, it was like, no, I went to sell chocolate. People liked it. And I remember I met one of my first partners by knocking on the door, selling chocolate. And I was like, wow, opens opportunities, whether personal or business opportunities. So yeah, sales is a great thing. I think in the same way that you've had this positive interaction at that time, kind of set the mindset to being like, hey, it's not dangerous and it can open up possibilities that you can never know where it leads, which leads us to now. We've been working together for over a year and you've been exposed to a lot not only my material, you've worked inside the business, you've worked with a lot of our clients as well. 
And I'd be curious for you to, to kind of share from that journey, what would be one of the most interesting things you've noticed with a lot of the clients that we would work with, you know, that, you know, we would, they would be looking for support in sales. Did you find anything that was either surprising around people's general kind of attitude towards sales or something that you were like, wow, I didn't expect that? What I have noticed, especially with the methodology of selling with love, is that the most relevant impact that you create is this step number one of, I'm a fear of sales, so how can I do this? And you're a healer. Like this is like this, you, you heal people into the their limiting beliefs and their fear of sales and the rejections of sales and it's going to go like this, like this. And I've noticed how people just switch their mindset so powerfully that then is when they start to understand like, hey, hey, I'm coming from a place of love. I'm offering something that I love. I'm creating something with my love. And when I reach out to people, I reach out because I see that my offer can truly help them. And I'm only going to sell them knowing that my offer is going to deliver results. And I'm doing this because I love myself and because I love the impact that my offer, my services, working with these clients can have in the world. And for me, this has been the thing that I have witnessed the most. People that come to us and they are like afraid of, oh, I don't know, I have been building this product, but I have not sell it, which is something that I'm very familiar with from my past as well. <laughs> And, and I have this super cool thing and I can improve this or this or I still need to be creating more marketing and more marketing, but they are not reaching out because of this huge mental barrier and blocks and limiting beliefs that the moment that they get access to the content, it just vanishes. It's a total transformation of the identity. Yeah, It's interesting because to me, like especially as I'm designing a lot of my sales material, I'm always thinking, okay, people need more techniques, people need more strategies. Uh, but it's funny that what you highlight first is, again, this piece of mindset. And so I'd be curious to know, is there anything aside from the mindset that you feel most people should probably spend a bit of time learning more of, whether it's with selling with love methodology, but to be a bit more successful in sales, assuming you now have, you know, overcome some mindset blocks, do you find like one of the strategies or one of the activities is some of the most effective that we should prioritize? I'm going to go a bit into both the spiritual and the technical from the spiritual is alignment. And I felt this with the playing camp. When I was in Ubud and I was selling joy and playing camp and let's come together and have fun, but I was stressed. I was stressed because I had invested money on the villa and I had booked many things and I had bought plenty of material. So I came from this energy of neediness or scarcity or I need to close the clients or I have a lot of stress in my life and I'm selling joy. So this out of alignment energy especially in places like Ubud, everyone was noticing and everyone was coming across like, who are you? Why are you trying to sell me? What is this thing going on? So it's this energy of taking more than giving. And this is the alignment piece. Like, are you fully aligned with your message, with your offer, with your services? So that's number one. And number two is uh, on the other spectrum is a numbers game. Sales is a numbers game. And this is where technology can be hugely leveraged. Like, especially now with AI, you can start leveraging the personalization of the messages with the amount of messages. But at the end of the day, it's like having a spreadsheet and committing to yourself to reach out to 10 people every day, 20 people every day. And even better if you start writing names. And I was doing that while I was listening to your podcast before I started working with you. I was reaching out to people on Instagram and sending them all of them voice notes every day. Because it's a numbers game. And in many occasions, it, they don't convert to clients. 
but they convert to partnerships or they convert to potential other opportunities or they convert to future potential opportunities that you never imagine or know about. And just because you reach out and they go to discover you and they go to discover what you do, you develop this top of the mind awareness. So whenever it has a problem, they might think about your solution and they reach out to you and say like, hey, I know someone that might need you. So just reach out and keep this constant communication with as many people as possible. And one way or another, the, the tree will blossom. <laughs> it's true. And I want to go deeper into, first off, the second part, which is the numbers game. When you start going in with a mindset of the numbers game, do you find like it takes away the humanity of connecting in the sales? Mm. That's a very good question. And it's again about the alignment and the energy and how we come across. I agree with you that if we enter into a more mechanical execution mode, which I'm very familiar with also, like, hey, I need to reach 10 people, less than 10 DMs as quick as possible, and I'm done. All of this, I believe it comes with it, and it comes across. However, taking a a bit of time just to scroll the profile of the other person, to have a sense of where they come from or what they do, and sending a more personalized note, it takes a bit more of time, but the results are better. My question is, like, time yourself. The exercise is like you put a timer and you time yourself when you are reaching out automatically and you time yourself when you are reaching out with more intention. And you can even do the experiment of measuring the results of each of the reach out. So do this for a week and you get 70 people that you reach out unconsciously and 70 people that you reach out with conscious and awareness. And after three weeks, see where all these 70 interactions have gone through. I'm always fascinated by what are the small actions that I would have done months, years ago that can result in a sale that'll come in today and it'll be like, oh, how did you first hear about me? And they'll be like, oh, well, remember an event that we were at together three years ago? Or you remember this message you sent me like three years ago? And and, and I'll be like, wow. And so I think this is not to be understated that little actions that seem unimpactful compound so much but you have to be patient right yeah uh the the patience element i think is what most people are lacking today and there's another concept which is not just a numbers game but it's also a game of attrition which is the fact that most people will fall off like if you just keep doing something long enough everyone else is falling off which comes back to this hankering towards the impact the why and the spiritual alignment that you speak about and i mean you've witnessed me having my own kind of change in who I serve and how do I show up. And you can see the moment that I don't have the alignment, you don't see me with as much drive. You don't see me with as much excitement, which I know for someone who was working for me and, and like looking towards my leadership, the moment that alignment is broken, it's just not moving as fast. So I totally agree with you. And I think it becomes my priority to find that alignment. But again, there's a patience that's required because there's a bit of soul searching in the process. Mm-hmm. While you were working with me, you've also fell in love with AI and not as the movie her we're not going that direction but I remember you were one of the first people that in December came to me and you went like this is changing everything and there's so much we need to do so I'd be curious to know what happened that made you just go oh my god I need to go all in on AI so back on the days I read Tim Urban wait but why and he has this big post about AI 
And I read this in 2015, I believe. Yeah, I remember it. And my, my mind exploded back on the days. Like, wow, this is coming. This is going to happen. Nothing is going to stop it. And, and you know, it's going to be in our lifetime. And it's going to be with us. But obviously, nothing was happening for a long time. And still I was receiving these YouTube videos about suddenly an AI is able to track a movie and identify every element of the movie. And this is like a persecution scene. So it's like, you know, like James Bond, I believe, like James Bond running in a roof with a motorbike and the AI is able to detect any element in the screen. So I was thinking the, the power of a computer analyzing and processing data is so far away from what a human can do. And there was this silence of this winter AI. And it, it was actually your romantic partner. It was Anna, the one that discovered ChatGPT before us. And she was writing copy for her own business, for her own project. And she was like, wow, this is good. And I was like, what is that? And then she saw us. And my first reaction was, as, as a writer, was like, that is wrong. That is bad. How is it possible that a computer is writing? This is not the human writing. This is not the human creativity. But I'm a very curious person. So I started to jump into the tool. And this is a very fun exercise, which is check what is the first interaction with ChatGPT that you have. <laughs> Interesting. Because in my case, because I put so much emphasis into joyful connections with other humans, the first thing I asked was like, I am lonely. What can I do? And then they start asking. And when I'm reading that, I'm like, oh, this is something. And I keep on having the conversation, right? Because they is like, hey, I know that you are lonely and you might be going through difficult times. So have you tried to do this, this and this? And then I'm right there, yeah, like, okay, give me tips if I'm lonely. And then it starts like, okay, number one, number two, number three. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. And then my mind started exploded. And I remember I was spending nights after nights just watching videos, listening to philosophers, listening to podcasts, watching tutorials on how to use the tool. And I start to be more like embedded into it. Like, and I started to use it to practically everything. I was using it for journaling, for interpreting my dreams, to organize my to-do list, to organize my week. My mind was exploding. I started to come up with code because I learned some code in the past, but then I discovered that the ChatGPT can write code as well. So I started to be like, okay, can I create things like a website or can I create a, a web app or something like this? And, and my mind is a very creative, artistic mind and curious. So I started to have all these infinite ideas of everything is possible now. And I remember your colleague from Mind Valley, David, was there in, in our place. And he wrote this quote from Ray Dalio, which is, you can do anything, but you cannot do everything. And back on the days when I discovered AI, I was thinking, what if you might be able, maybe not to do everything, but to do many things? You can definitely do so much. And yeah. It's changed for a lot of people. And I mean, we're hearing a lot of that noise right now for AI because now it's like the, the gold rush, right? Everybody's jumping in. And yeah, I'm going to have to go back to those initial conversations. And I just remember I had a very interesting dream around white snakes and stuff. So I was like, oh, maybe I need to go to SGHGVT, see what's going to come out from that. If anybody knows, just send me a message. Maybe I'll respond as well. But I want to go back into AI and bringing that into the marriage with sales. So you've been working with me and you've done a lot of the work. So I know a lot of the copy that needs to be created, which is like the written messages, the structure of a lot of things, the show notes now have a big portion being done with AI. 
What are some of the coolest ways you're seeing AI being used for someone who's trying to increase their sales that you've maybe even already used that I might not be aware that you used with me or that you think is one of the biggest opportunities we could look into? Yeah, there are many ways. Like for me, my mind also goes a lot into processes. So I like to dissect things and I like to analyze them. So what is a business? What is the business workflow? Or what are the different parts of the business? And how can I apply AI to these different parts? And then within sales or marketing, what are the different steps and tasks that need to be accomplished? And the truth is it can be applied to virtually any anything. So speaking about reach out, which is one of today, I, I'm starting to design a system that is able to scrap the web to subtract the substantial information of the lead like the name, the city where they live, the company where they work, their position, as well as their personal information, like the email or the phone, and save all this information in a database. So the process that I'm going through now is like, now that I have this information, how can I link this to an automation that through ChatGPT is writing a personalized message based on this information to this person and send it automatically? How can I do this in a scale? And it's something that is it seems unavoidable that in the future our AIs are going to be speaking with other AIs and are going to have to filter throughout all this information going back and forth. And it seems this is where things go and the money seems to be on on the ones that develop the software, Mm. the ones that develop the system because every user is going to end up using that. There was this case study, I think, I think it was speeding tickets or some sort of like fees that you needed to pay but they designed an AI legal bot that would basically reach out to the department and start fighting, getting you discounts. And that AI was basically talking to their department, but then they had like automated messages and, and processes that you had to deal with the bureaucracy, but the AI went to deal with that. So what you're talking about of AI with AI is definitely happening. This whole like scraping of data, automation of reach out, like it's happening. And even if I'm looking at my Instagram, I'm seeing it's making everything noisy. Like I'm starting to get a lot of different messages and I can feel sometimes that it might be through an automated processes. I will say with AI, it definitely feels a little more personalized, but it's just because the tool is in the hands of everyone, then the volume becomes outrageous. And so I'd be curious to know, what do you think is going to be what is left to make you stand out when everybody has the tools to be personalized and to reach masses and send hundreds, if not thousands of messages, but thousands of people are doing the same. Who are going to be the people that get to stand out, reach out, and still succeed? So first is a legacy. Like, for how long have you been doing what you do? And all this content creation and all this showing up yourself and sharing who you are is going to be very powerful also in the future to create your AI persona mm-hmm. and your AI agent. Because that's where we are going to move little by little towards. And the second is, is the human to human. And I, I can share the story in Mind Valley U, like how by being proactive and reaching out so much, I was able to come up with all this big list of leads. And, and those leads remember me. Even if I don't remember the 200 that I was able to get, now when I go to Mind Valley U again, they will see me and they will say, hey, Carlos, how are you? What have you been doing? Are you still working with Jason? Well, how is it going? And that's the human-to-human connection that they I cannot replace which is like I'm showing up here as a full body present being and I'm with you and I'm paying my attention to you and I'm listening to you and I'm connecting with you. I'm relating with you. While the AI at the end of the day, as it is now, is a screen. 
which has like a higher or lesser appearance to be human, but it's a screen, it's a text. Mm. So human to human, and I, I could share things around how, for example, in OnlyFans, this is a bit sad, right? But a lot of people pay money to chat with the girl, but that chat, it can be a Filipino or it can be a chatbot. For me, this is sad because it's, it's really separating humans to other humans. You are locking a human into a screen, believing that he's having a connection when he's speaking with a robot. Mm. Uh, yeah, it feels totally not aligned with my values. What were your feelings when you saw, have you seen the movie Her? And yeah. did you have an opinion on it? That movie is really, really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like For me, it was a journey of emotions. Like at some point, I'm scared. Like, wow, this is going too quick. And at another point, I'm feeling empathy for the guy. And then I'm feeling empathy for the robot. And then when the whole thing is closed, I'm totally confused, left in the boy. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> that that film is, if you have not seen it, is a must to understand more of where are we going. And my background is in psychology. So that's how, you know, things that appear to be human can affect us so much mm. in our psychology, in our being, and how vulnerable we are which we have seen what happened with social media and all these reels and instant gratification and how it affects all the dopamine circuits. Like now we are hooked into what is the next thing. And there is this couple of researchers that said in the Moral Dilemma, which is a talk that also I strongly recommend, they mention alpha persuade. And this is very interesting. So they developed this alpha go, which mm. is the AI that was able to win at chess and then it was able to win at Go, and then it was able to win at this more, like a multiplayer role, right? Like role play. And now they are developing one for Minecraft. The question is, what if the game is persuasion? And this comes back to sale. What if the game is, I'm going to start speaking with you, and I win when you start saying as many positive things about my topic? Oh. Exactly. So when you have a computer that has this amount of power, speaking with every human in the planet and learning and becoming better and better and better at convincing people to do something, that's really, really, really dangerous. There's this Instagram account that's quite funny called Corporate Bro and it's satire around sales, corporate sales culture. And they're showing a team meeting where there's a new person that got hired, which is an AI and, you know, the first person's like, so how many calls have you done today? And then the first person's like, I did 32. And then the next person's like, I did 28 with one close. And then the AI is like, I did 300,254. And like, and everyone's just like, oh, what an overachiever. But like, that's the reality. It's going to get better. It's going to close. And so you talked about, you know, one of the key things to think is how do we get our own Is it our essence? Is it our brand to become an AI assistant? Mm -hmm what would be the message you would have for anybody who's building their personal brand, wants to leverage AI and still needs to be effective and relevant in a world of AI? Mm. I recently did a training on brand, brand identity from Jason Perlman. Perlman? Jeffrey Perlman. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Perlman. I think it's lovely. He speaks about the emotional frequency of the brand, which in the case of Plain Camp is joyful connections in the nature. Because that's the emotion that the customer, the client is going to experience when they interact with your brand. 
And I believe that's the key because it simplifies a lot of decisions later of how, you know, the, from the colors of your website to the messaging, to your customer service, to everything and to the product delivery. So I believe that's the key thing. Like AI is good at executing, but it's a very important habit and practice to keep on learning, especially the fundamentals on every domain possible that you get. So get all these basic books on mathematics, on physics, on chemistry, on business, on marketing, on sales, on branding, because once you get the fundamentals, the conversations that you can have with AI are much better. So learning these fundamentals now about your brand, now you can build an agent that is aligned with the core fundamentals of your brand. So at some point, yes, you will have a Carlito Fluido from Plain Camp that is digitalized and is explaining you about what is Plain Camp and what are joyful connections in nature. However, because the brand alignment is joyful connections in nature, ideally, we bring people back to the nature and then we have these conversations in real life. Mm. Because that's where it could start becoming more out of alignment, right? So, yeah, get the core fundamental values really clear and then the technology builds on top of those. You know what's interesting is that getting that clarity has always been a very important thing for brands, but you could kind of get away with it with, you know, having execution advantages. So if you're good at execution, you're good at doing your marketing, you could you didn't need to really be super clear on your values because if you had distribution, you had advantages in execution, uh, then it's like, hey, you, you would at least be out there when nobody else was actually doing it. But in a world with AI where everyone has execution, everyone has distribution, what is left is those values and that humanity aspect. And I think now it's just going to force us to become more humans ourselves because if we're going to go out there, create content in this noisy vacuum of place where everybody can create the best content generated by AI, all that's left is why you and understanding our why. And I think that's why, you know, the first love of selling with love is love your impact. And you have to become clear on what's the difference you want to make in the world and the problems you want to solve. Because I think what you stand for is all that's left. And then you see how you can use AI and all the other tools that are becoming much more accessible to the masses to make that impact happen and align with the right partners and get the right clients becomes more and more effortless. So even as we're afraid that the AI is taking away the humanity, I think we're finding ourselves getting more focused on being human because that's what's going to make the difference. Yeah, 100%. Carlos, yes. I've had a joyful conversation having you as a guest. Usually we have a employer-employee relationship, but I'm very, very excited about your path. I'm excited about your future. I know that you're working more and more on your own initiatives with Plain Camp and for those of you who have been paying attention, listen, we went on a bit of a journey and there's a few takeaways I want you to take from this conversation. As you've noticed with Carlito, some of the initial mindsets that he had around approaching strangers and doing the prospecting were not in the way of holding him back from doing what is necessary to do the activities that lets you connect with new people. That happens to be one of the best activities because nobody else is doing it. And by doing it consistently, he was able to reach out, build his network and make it easier for him to reach out to someone, even if they're a few levels higher, researching them, leading with value first and not going, I'm going to send a generic message to everyone, finding someone or something that you align with and actually putting in the proper effort. Because eventually when the people notice that they've put the effort, we start paying attention and then we opportunities can align. And I mean, that's how we ended up working together. And it's been fantastic having an AI engineer by my side and someone that was doing operations. It's been as much of a benefit to me as it's been a benefit to him for us being working together for all this time. So 
if you're having trouble getting some of your first clients, you would want to apply that kind of mindset because you know you can help and everybody's got problems to solve. I love that you also went into this journey of AI and how that actually was an opportunity. You said, I'm going to focus my attention. You're doing some amazing work around that. And it was a pleasure to have you come here and share your journey in the process. I did want to give you a space. You've learned with me for a while. You've learned about sales. You've learned about pitching. And now you have playing camp. And you've, you've mentioned it a few times. Hmm. If I could give you the permission to pitch your playing camp to an audience, I'd love for you to say in a 30 seconds, uh, what would be your pitch for someone who'd be interested in participating in playing camp? Hmm. Playing camp, just come. We have all the materials and it's, it's an experience. It's something that you live. You come, you experience it, you live it. This is not my words. It's you going there, playing, feeling like a kid again, feeling free, feeling joyful, connecting with other people, feeling like you are seven years old and you can do whatever you want because you're an adult and you are free. So you can reconnect with the power of joy and play and feel yourself fully alive because we only have one life and it's to be enjoyed and it's to be happy. So... Playing camp, just come. Nice. <laughs> Carlos, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. And of course, you know how all the episodes end. So there's a final question I have to ask with you. Out of all of our time working together, reading my book, going through all these podcasts, the question for Carlito is what does selling with love mean to you? Selling with love is believing so much in yourself, believing so much in your product, believing so much in the people that you're going to work with with believing that you are going to transform their lives so deeply that that is is unavoidable like you cannot stop yourself from going out there and tell everyone possible i have this thing that is going to be so good for you and if they say no it doesn't matter because you believe you believe you believe so deeply that you're going to go to another person another person because you come from this huge immense place of love and expansion and you want to transform the world for a, in a positive place is you just jump from the bed. You cannot hold yourself, stop yourself, and you keep on speaking your truth, sharing your message, communicating from a place of love and authenticity, and converting people and getting financial assets in your toolkit and using those to keep on growing and keep on expanding who you truly are. That's one of the best answers I've ever heard, Carlito. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. For everybody, tune in. Go and check out Playing Camp as well. It's an incredible experience for those who want to go back into that childhood state and really reconnect with yourself, do some healing. And of course, if you are looking for maybe some AI implementation, I know Carlos has taken a few clients as well. So we'll put some links in the show notes for you to get in contact, get on a call. It's worthwhile to get an audit and see what opportunities can exist for you. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, keep selling with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.